So team, welcome. Uh, today's episode is a, a special episode. Uh, our topic is called unconscious bias. And this will be a three-part series. And today's series, we're going to kind of introduce the discussion around unconscious bias. And one specific topic will be identifying bias. So team, uh, as you can see, we have Orhe, Mary Catherine, and Dylan. Welcome team. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, so let's just get into this and let's have a once again, one of these, these great leadership discussions, listening to you, hearing, hearing your wisdom around unconscious bias. So when you hear the word bias, what are some words that come to, initially come to mind? Uh, for me, is the first words that come to mind is your initial, um, initial point of view or perspective of a person or even like a favor against or for something for a certain person or thing. When I think of bias, I think preference and sometimes they are rightfully supported and sometimes they're a little bit arbitrary, but I think preference is the word that comes to me. That's a, in I fact, think how Dylan said, it's like a preference. I think for me, it's like a preference for the known and um, a misunderstanding of the unknown. So, um, our topic, unconscious bias. Let's take it a step further. What are your thoughts around, you know, unconscious bias? What comes to mind? Uh, the thing that pops out for me is just the unconscious part of it is you're not aware of what you are favoring and who you're favoring and the reasons behind why you're favoring it. I think that for unconscious biases, sometimes we can have a bias about the word unconscious bias, so we think it's automatically bad, but sometimes they can be very simple or not necessarily destructive. And sometimes they can be negative or um, like about people or based on things that aren't necessarily true. It goes a lot deeper than maybe what we realize. I mean, like there are some clear biases like, oh, I like blue over purple. That's not destructive. But then there's, well, I just don't like the way she talks. Mm, maybe you should think about maybe how you're, looking at it. Great comments. And, and I heard Mary Catherine, you, you use the word preference. And um, <clears throat> I just like to share from really Franklin Covey's point of view around this, the de definition of bias. Uh, bias is a preference in favor of or against a thing, person or group compared with one another. It may be held by an individual, a group or an institution, and it can have both negative or positive consequences. We say this, what are your thoughts around this? If, if you have a brain, you have a bias. Do you agree with that? I agree. I think that biases are, and we'll get into the different bias traps, but I think that <clears throat> biases are just little shortcuts that our brain creates, whether they be about people or about colors or about clothes or whatever. They're just little, um, like little things that our brain, little connections that our brain makes. And sometimes they're unconscious, so we don't realize that we're actually doing it or it's just something we've done for so long to where it's just habit now. So, but I think they're just like little little things that make life move faster. For sure. I think another thing that plays a part into it is our, our past experiences that factor into our unconscious biases. So because one thing happened and a, a person looked a certain way now we associate everybody who looks a certain way that happened to you in the past that now you have this certain negative connotation or positive bias 
uh, based on your past experience. And I like how Dylan brings up positive um, bias because, I mean, to no one's fault, the human mind makes schemas of what it thinks something should be and what it thinks something shouldn't be. And so those past experiences maybe make you favor other people over others. And favoring people over others is actually an unconscious form of bias. So let me just play off this, this, this piece around biases. So how do our biases um, impact the way we behave towards ourselves, to each other? I'll, I'll just give you, a, let me just maybe give you more context. We, we talked um, when we went through some preliminary discussions and we talked about, you know, the, the damaging zone and the limiting zone and the uh, high performance zone. Remember those discussions? Yes, I think I think um, with unconscious bias or in biases in general, I think uh, most of the time we start off in those limiting zones and those damaging damaging zones before we ever start at the high performance zones. So I think we always start at either ignoring or tolerating other people based on our biases or even starting at sliding other people based on your past experience. So I think that plays a big part into it. Not more times often than, than not, you're in those zones rather than respecting other people and including them and so forth. I think something that really stuck to me from the trainings that we did on unconscious bias is that when we deny bias and we say things like, oh, I'm not a biased person. I would never let my biases get in the way. That's when we start getting into like the microaggressions, like, mm, I don't know, maybe you could do better. And like, you don't have any basis, like, you know, the person's qualified, but just because of maybe how they look, how they talk, how they dress, you're already judging them before you even know them. It's interesting. How, go, go ahead, Mary Catherine. I was just saying when Dylan was talking about um, the different stages and like some of them are neutral, some of them are damaging, some of them are positive. I think the least that we can do to start off with like a stranger with no bias would be respecting them. Like not um, just tolerating them or just being completely neutral, but just respect. Because if we start with respect and then they show us that maybe they're not a person that's good for us, or maybe we don't click like that, then we can go into a more neutral state where we don't necessarily need to be around them, but it's, it's tolerable, it's neutral but respect should be the basis of every interaction that we have. And then we can say, oh, we really love this person or, oh, this person has some really damaging traits. I think it's important to remember that anytime we're doing that, like respect, it comes down to that, like Mary Catherine said, but we also have to remember that we don't have to be damaging to a person if we don't like them. We don't have to degrade them. We don't have to call them names. We just have to say, I don't necessarily like them. And that's okay. You might, I don't that uh, agree to disagree agreeably piece, right? So let's move into this discussion. So the, the first piece of unconscious bias uh, is around identifying bias, right? And this word, this principle of self-awareness, being aware. And um, I believe Dylan was, was made the point that a lot of times people comments to say, well, I'm not, I'm not biased. I'm, I'm very, I view things, I'm open. I'm not biased versus if we, if we have this mindset that bias exists in everyone, right? Including me, 
if we actively think how bias plays a, plays a choice in, in the decisions that I make. Um, so let's just play off of that. So you were talking earlier about these bias traps and the way the brain operates. Would you mind just expanding or elaborating on the on these bias traps, team? Okay, I can start with one of them. Um, information overload is a bias trap. And that's just where we know that our brain, we've always heard that our brain gets so much information, it can only process so much. So that's where those little connections come in with. Like just for example, like with insurance companies, sometimes people that have red cars have a higher insurance than people who don't have red cars. Because over a period of time, insurance companies have seen that red cars people drive them faster or they get pulled over more or they're in wrecks more often. So that's just like a little shortcut that insurance companies have created so that they're more protected. And that's just the simplest term of it. Like you get so much information in, so your brain starts to create little connections with certain things or certain people. So that would be one of the traps. Um, yeah. And another trap would be um, your, your, the emotional part of your brain. Sometimes we make decisions based on our emotions rather than logical steps. So when your emotions take over your your thinking part of your brain, you make those decisions and then those decisions turn into biases into other experiences that you may have. So your emotions, when you let your emotions take over, it's your feelings over the facts. I think another one that's been more apparent, I think even recently now that information is a lot easier to access is um, confirmation bias, where you look for information that supports your original theory. And once you find one specific piece that supports it, you ignore everything else around it. So like your one anecdote or like your one experience, you'll tell that over and over to people, but then people tell you, well, that's wrong. Like, you know, look at this and this, and you'll just be like, no, but my story, my story, and that's how I'm going to live my life. That's the end of it. That's confirmation bias. And that is a big trap that people get into. This is fascinating discussion here. When you, when you start thinking about it's just, you know, Dylan, you're talking about feelings over facts, the emotional piece here. And one part of that is that in-group bias. Remember how we tend to favor people we like and who are like us. And we'll talk more about this next week in cultivating connections. But uh, it's interesting when you start auditing who your circle is, Man, there's sometimes we create these these echo chambers, right? Where a lot of people, hey, they are they're just like me, whether it's the same age, the same sex, the same gender, whatever. So, so Tim, what are you know what would you say have been some key learnings for you as we experience this powerful content that is so needed? I think for me is just accepting the fact that I do have biases that I'm unaware of. And just finding what those are is important so I can identify and then I can eventually confront those biases. I think that's what's kind of caught my eyes for me. One thing that's been really fascinating for me is looking into my biases and realizing how simple some of them are. Like we think about unconscious biases as being like really, really like overwhelmingly sexist or racist or all of those type of things but sometimes they're really simple and those are the unconscious ones that can build into those really bad um opinions that we'll have about people but that's just one thing that i've actually had to like watch and 
like notice when they come up like, hey, that was kind of, that's not really based on good information. Or that's not consistent among all the people that you're putting this bias on. So just noticing those little simple, simple biases has been eye-opening for me. Hmm. See, and just like uh, Dylan had said, I think for me, it's been identifying and like Mary Catherine said, I think that's kind of like the sentiment everyone has is like knowing that you have biases, that you're going to identify them and that you're going to take those and be like, okay, well, I am biased, but I'm going to do my best to identify it, tell you about it, and then use even more resources and maybe your own perspective to make a new decision. It's about incorporating others' um, ideas and visions of the world into your own so that you can actually get a sense of why your bias is wrong or why it's maybe right, you know, in some ways. Yeah. What would you say has been the, uh, the residual impact? So we went through some content, you know, last month. We had some really good discussions. Um, what's been the, the results for you, the impact for you uh, in your day-to-day -day, um, activities, routines? I think for me, it's helped me realize like every time I meet somebody new, I immediately think, okay, do I have any bias of this person? What am I thinking about this person? Uh, is it a positive thought, negative thought, just based on my first impression on them? I think about it a lot more uh, instead of just can being completely unaware of biases. I'm thinking it, of it more on a daily basis. I think that with me, it kind of relates to what Jorge said a little bit. Should invite others into your space to therefore like, expand your thinking. Like there's something I've heard like on this other podcast where someone was saying exposure leads to expansion. So the more that you expose yourself to, the more you know and the more you understand and the better your interaction you are with other people. And I think that's one thing that's gonna really stick with me throughout this training is to actively seek to find other people that think differently from you or that don't have the same upbringing or background as you. So there you can, therefore you can learn more about their experiences and those little biases you may have against them or those little biases you may have that like are in support of them or are negative towards them. So just expanding my arena. That's well, very well said. I think the way I've approached this whole thing and how it's impacted me is that I understand the danger of biases a little bit more and how maybe even if it doesn't affect us, it might affect someone else for their entire life. Yeah. And they may never speak up about it. We won't ever know. So what we can do best is to identify that we have it. Uh, like Mary Catherine said, expand leads to more connections and to more ideas. And that ultimately breeds to what we're gonna talk about in the next episode, hopefully, connections. Um, and it's been helping me get a lot more connections and maybe see how I might be wrong and see how things are actually a little bit different than how I used to see them. One thing that's really stood out to me, it's very simple, but I, I've been like thinking about this all the time. And when I'm, even when I'm delivering other workshops, I'm, I'm, I'm very aware that when we stop judging, we start, we start making connections. Just as simple as that. When we stop judging, we can start making connections. And as you were saying, or hey, next week, we're going to start talking about, you know, cultivating connections. And, and you know, if today is about self-awareness, recognizing about the biases, next week is about 
being more open, being more vulnerable, being more willing. Just in, just in, in, in leaving today's session, team, um, for the audience. So this is, you know, the, you know rich discussion. Um, hopefully we're getting people rethinking, reflecting on themselves. What would you say is one thing that you would like the audience to be cognizant of, to be uh, deliberate about leaving here today? I would say um, do some self-reflection on what biases you have and what unconscious biases you have. Because sometimes we don't realize that we already have biases of other people and then also need to find what those unconscious ones are as well. I would say that all biases aren't bad and that you shouldn't be ashamed of having conversations about them. Even if you do discover that some of them are destructive, you shouldn't be ashamed to have conversations about them because that's how they just stay in your mind. And that's how they grow bigger and bigger and come more and become more deeper rooted into your like thinking. So all of your biases aren't bad. You shouldn't be ashamed to have conversations about them and let others know what you're feeling. And so then they can say, well, this is my experience. And then you work together to figure out which one of them are good and which ones of them are bad. Nice. Mary and Catherine really took it away. I was going to say, be open to change and be open to accepting your biases. Um, it's hard to sit down and be like, well, okay, this is what's wrong with my perception. No one likes telling yourself that they're wrong and no one likes hearing that they're wrong. But if you're doing it in a way that's going to make you better, that's going to make you feel better and it's going to make this place a better world. Well, team, once again, I just want to say thank you very much for tackling this uh this uh, relevant topic, much needed topic. I heard a lot of times you're saying, slow down, stop judging, be open. It's okay to admit when we're wrong, which is, it wasn't easy to do. I was gonna give my happy days, uh, but you guys probably even know what that show is. That's a whole nother story for next week, okay? Um, so anyways, guys, thank you so much. We will, uh, we'll see you next week. And next week, we're gonna talk about uh, cultivating connections. Great job. See you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in. Subscribe to Reality Talks on YouTube, Apple, or Spotify, and leave a review or comment. We'd love to hear from you.